Welcome back to the Crown Rest Podcast for episode 261. This is a TikTok live that I did with David Gerson back in April of 2022. David is a soccer referee based in Atlanta, Georgia, who has created a brand called Refs Need Love 2 that is devoted to education, community, and inspiration for referees in all sports worldwide. He's doing a fantastic job as a content creator for soccer officials on TikTok. By the way, if you are looking for Crown Refs uh, video, look no further than TikTok. I'm extremely focused on growing that channel. So uh, if you're waiting for videos uh, on Facebook, maybe that's the platform that you consume Crown Refs content on. Uh, definitely check us out uh, on TikTok um, and definitely Instagram stories where you find the most video uh, content. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks again for listening. I really appreciate your time. Hope you have a great summer and a great rest of your night. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. The audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. I teach something with, with my uh, mentees called pain tolerance. And it's the ability to withstand incidental contact before it becomes a foul. Not blowing the whistle on incidental contact is a real right. skill. I can yeah. always judge um, an official's talent by how well or how good of a no-caller they are in the yeah. lead position when plays are coming at the rim. Hello and welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Tonight is actually a really special night. Uh, normally, I'm only talking about uh, the beautiful game of football or soccer, uh, as we might call it here in the U.S., but I'm actually going to be joined uh, by Paul from Crown Refs, who's actually you know, a very well-known uh, basketball official. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm going to be talking to someone who actually develops and coaches basketball officials, has coached at collegiate levels and very high levels of all across the U.S. So we're going to be kind of comparing notes a little bit about what it's like being a ref in, in, in soccer or football and what it's like being a ref in basketball. So I'm really kind of curious. I've actually got a bunch of questions prepared because uh, I really want to know what it's like actually being on a basketball court. I've been to a number of games before and I have to tell you, I'm always shocked uh, when I see uh, how close the fans are to the, the court and how crazy the fans can be at a basketball game. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to kind of you know, checking in and seeing what it's like for him. Oh my gosh. I started reffing because of you. NBA edits. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, man. Uh, what sport are you reffing? Are you reffing soccer? Are you reffing basketball? I see NBA. So I'm assuming you might be a hoops fan too. That is fantastic. Uh, where are you joining from and, and what level games are you reffing? Uh, please let me know. I, I, I tell you, you know, things like this is literally why I'm spending time downstairs here in my basement while my wife and daughter are upstairs watching movies because I want to kind of inspire the next generation of refs out there. Uh, so man, I, uh, I, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate that. So thank you so much. I'm waiting for Paul to join me because we're going to be talking a little bit about basketball here tonight, but definitely let me know about your refing, where you're refing, what you're doing, um, uh, how long you've been doing it, what age groups you're doing. Um, if you have any questions about being a ref, that would be fantastic. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking a little bit of hoops, a little bit of basketball, and a bit of soccer when uh, Paul joins. It's kind of new for us, just trying to figure out how to do both the joint uh, co-hosting live events. Hey, hey, my man, Flagpole, so good to see you, sir. Thank you so much for joining in. Totally appreciate you. I know this is your first season, and I hope it's gone well for you. Uh, someone's saying gave out their first yellow this weekend. Congratulations, sir. It will not be your last. It will not be your last. 
Let's see, refing uh, for NBA edits, soccer, maybe basketball later in life, Michigan. I'm refing 99 trial. That's fantastic. Great place to start. We're actually going to be talking with a top basketball official who um, coaches young refs. So this is going to be interesting for you tonight uh, so you can listen. So let's just give a couple more minutes for, for Paul to get set up, and he'll talk to you about being a basketball ref, and I can talk about being soccer. Um, yes, Black Paul, I found you and Crown Refs at the same time. Love both your channels. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, looking forward to talking with Paul live. Hey, Ref in Ohio, thank you so much. Um, I sincerely appreciate your kind words, sir. I have fun putting out the content. Um, I definitely love this. I love sharing what I do with everyone out there. So uh, thank you so much. If you have any questions, uh, definitely let me know, and we will chat about it. But we're going to get uh, Paul here in just a moment. Uh, let's see. Crown Refs, there we go. I am inviting him right now. And he will be joining me momentarily. Bam. There we go. I hear him. He's coming. Hey. Hey. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you, sir. Oh, okay. Just looking for the video. Don't know where that yep. is. Outstanding. Can you see me? I know. I cannot see you yet, but I hear you. And that is a start. <laughs> oh, GK Riker saying you just started rubbing your town games. Very cool. Outstanding. Oh, another, a 13-year-old ref made $700 thus far. Fantastic, son. I mean, that is uh, wonderful for you. Good job. Um, you know, that is, it's not easy as a 13-year-old to be, to be on a soccer pitch, whether you're on the line or whether you're in the center. Uh, but I tell you, the lessons you're learning right now as a 13-year-old, you will use uh, the rest of your life, the rest of your life. Um, hey, Paul, now I see you. Yes, sir. Hey. <laughs> How are you, partner? Doing well, sir. We got a couple questions in here, just uh, a couple things, and then we'll get started with, with questions for you, sir. Um, oh, we got someone else saying there's a 16-year-old ref from Virginia. Fantastic. We got a lot of refs on these calls. Love I it. know, uh, Flagpole, you've actually, uh, an adult like me, you've refed 17 matches so far this year. Good job. That is a great start. Great start. All right. Well, wonderful. Well, well, Paul, so nice to actually get an opportunity to meet you. Um, I, I've been a, a fan of your channel. I've followed uh, your videos. It's kind of interesting how, um, you know, even as a uh, as I've started to be a ref, I've been a ref now for seven years, uh, when I go to any sporting event, uh, whether I go to a baseball game or when I go to a basketball game, I find myself kind of dialed into uh, the officials, the umpires, and just all of the minutiae, all of the mechanics, the positioning, just all of the things that they have to know uh, to be able to do a, a great job, which is just, I don't know, that, that, that's something that, that I do now. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, once you make the switch from player to referee, you start looking at the game a little bit differently and you start paying yeah. attention to some things you never thought you would imagine before you get into officiating. And like you said, picking up on all, all the little minutiae, things that no other people will probably notice, but just us ref nerds. So <laughs> absolutely, I'm right, I'm right there with you. And it's uh, I just oh, wanted I to say, just wanted to say, it's a pleasure uh, you having me on, and and it's great to see that you're fighting the good fight, you know, with soccer, and, and you have a, a great officials brand. So, props oh, to you. Thank you so much. No, I'm having a lot of fun. This is this kind of almost started as a as a joke. I kid you not. I know you're very much more intentional. Uh, why don't you tell tell everyone a little bit about Crown Refs and and what you do? Sure. Uh, Crown Refs uh, started, uh, you know, making content for officials, just helping officials. That's what Crown Refs does. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like I have the full support 
or I, I, you know, I'm very supportive of officials on, on a, on a level that they probably don't get at their, um, you know, their local boards. And I felt like yeah. officiating needed to elevate, you know, as far as partnering and, and just the way we support each other. So yeah. it's a training and developmental platform yeah. and also a community for officials. Um, you know, where we have over 130 officials that are in our private community yeah. that are chatting every day and, you know, we meet for, um, Zoom sessions each week. So, you know, working with a, a lot of officials and I'm just blessed that, you know, I get to lead a lot of hungry officials that want to grow and get better. So I, I love what you're doing, but one of the things that I've noticed about uh, being a referee, especially at the grassroots level, is there really is not a lot of training for referees at the grassroots level. I mean, when you go through a training program, I'm sure there's a certification process for basketball. You watch some videos, maybe you have a day in a classroom. And then essentially it feels like you're thrown to the wolves. Um, and rarely, rarely at the grassroots junior level do you actually get um, coaching, feedback, mentoring. Is that a similar type of thing in the basketball world? Absolutely. And, and that's where the white space for me lied, where I, yeah. you know, we needed a, a platform. Cause like you said, you take the class and it's intense. It's intense for a few weeks or however long it is. And then you're on your own. And there's yeah, like, I, unless, unless you get to the MBA or, or high level college where you're getting great instruction, right? There's really not much at our disposal. No. So no, that, I, that's I why we need more thing. voices. Yeah, I mean, that's voices, the thing. You know? there, there's a big gap. I mean, I, I when I first started this channel, it was kind of I was doing some jokes and some comebacks and, you know, a couple of things about why I got into the league and then or got into officiating. And then I started getting all this feedback about receiving referee abuse. How do I deal with abusive parents? How do I deal with abusive coaches? What would you do in this situation? And it and it really is a thing. There's there's not a lot of support. There's not a lot of mentors for young refs getting started to you know, even just give them the confidence to go back out there <laughs> because they can't talk to their parents about it. The parents don't understand. They can't talk to their friends about it or not refs because they don't understand. I mean, you, it's really a, a very lonely world when you become a referee, mm -hmm. to be quite honest. Sure. That's crazy, man. So just a, a couple of questions for you. So how long have you been a, a basketball ref? I know, I, I, and, and, and if you don't mind, how long and then at what levels have you ref to now? Um. My mother suggested I take the class in 2011, so um, I didn't start ref until about 2012. But right, right around 2012, I started to get heavy into basketball, just doing a lot of games. And then I picked up girls lacrosse and field hockey, just as a way to kind of get um, year-round part-time work. Yeah, you know, so I've been a, I've been a three-sport official since 2012, 2013, but most passionate what are, about basketball. What are your three? What are your three? Uh, field sports? hockey, field hockey, and girls yeah. lacrosse. Oh, very cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not nearly as passionate about those two sports as I am <laughs> basketball, so I'm not going to be starting, you know, crown refs, girls lacrosse. Um, but yeah, grew passionate about basketball probably in 2013, and you know, uh, I wanted to pursue. It's been, I've been on my journey to try to become a Division One official since about 2013. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, when I when I caught the the bug and just tried to work my way up the NCA ladder, and I've been doing NCA for um, seven or eight years at the D3 and D2 level. Very cool. So that's where I'm at, yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. I, I, I've, I've been, uh, again, I've got three, three kids. i got a 17-year-old, 15-year-old, 13-year-old, uh, a loving mm -hmm. wife as well. And, 
you know, to try and make sure that I'm in their life, I can't rep as much as I'd want. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think as a, as a rep, it's like you, you, once you get going and once you start being promoted or you start making it up to higher and higher games, there's a hunger. I don't want to use the word greed, but there is a feeling inside that you just want to keep pushing yourself and going as far as you possibly can. And there's also the joy, you know, when you're on the field with high level athletes, you know, playing a beautiful game, you know, with, with, very, very technical, highly competitive. It's exciting to be out there. And so it kind of drives, drives you forward, I guess. Sure. Absolutely. That's cool. I, I have a, a, a question for you, sir. Okay. So one thing that I've really wanted to know, and I will take a pause in a second to answer some questions. I see a lot of people putting some stuff into the chat and we'll get to your question. So please bring it out for Paul or I. Um, but the question I have for you. Okay. So on a soccer pitch, I put the coaches and the teams on one side. No one's behind the goals. It is 110 yards long and 75 yards long, a lot of, a, a lot wide. And then the parents are about six feet back on one sideline, only one sideline. So if I've got an issue with parents, it's always coming from one side of the field. And I can generally sense it happening and hopefully try and tamp it down before it gets bad. I did have someone try and walk up on me this weekend, which was a little scary, but I was mm-hmm. able to – very, I got a pretty commanding voice and I was able to get them to sit back down pretty quick. But on a basketball uh, court, you are surrounded by fans and fans can get passionate. How do you manage that? And what are you trying to do during the game to make sure that, you know, not only do you keep the, the parents in check, the coaches in check, but also stay safe out there? Yeah, safety is obviously first and foremost. I guess um, to answer your question, I would have to break it down into two parts and the two different types of games you're doing. If I'm doing a yeah. scholastic game, whether it's a yeah. high school varsity game during the year or a college game, it's going to be a little bit different of approach than versus a, a Saturday morning game at a local yeah. rec center. So it's going to be a little different of approach. Um, in high school and college, I mean, there's not going to be much – that right. we're going to do for a fan unless they right. start saying derogatory, inappropriate right. things. And then in which case we go get the site supervisor. You know, there's a mm-hmm. protocol for this in place when you're doing an organized game. Good thing to talk yeah. about in the pre pregame is who's the yeah. site supervisor in case we have right. an issue. This way, if yeah. we have an issue, you go let them know. Maybe you're going to warn them. Hey, uh, I hear, I'm hearing this fan or this section saying a lot of inappropriate things. Do me a favor, go warn them, let them know the next time that happens they're going to be removed. Or you just let them know they need to be removed. And then you kind of hand off the duties to um, the game administrators, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's their job. A little bit differently, you know, we're we're taught as officials to not say anything to the fans. Mm -hmm. And I think for the most part that can be true um because a lot of times uh, officials are just not in a good emotional state to really <laughs> say something effective to a fan it's you know yeah. but yeah. that that also um has created an avoidance for officials mm-hmm. to not say anything to fans and yeah. if no if nobody's helping us yeah then it just contributes to the abuse culture that we're in right yeah yeah so i actually find myself stepping up and and do and speaking to parents a lot more in these rec games yeah. Um, you know, if I have a site supervisor on hand, then I just, absolutely I'm yeah. gonna go 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 handle that. Absolutely. But I find yeah. myself communicating a lot with parents. Um, yeah. If they if they're saying something disrespectful on the court, yeah, I I, I I'm always respectful, but the approach I take is like respectful force. I call it. It's almost yeah. like I'm calling them out in front of a group of adults because right. they are misbehaving and not being mature. So I I say comments that kind of 
make them be like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I gotta, I gotta, I don't want to embarrass myself. Yeah, you know? no, I, for me, I'm, I, I, because I, I, I do ref grassroots primarily. I mean, I had a, a wonderful experience this past weekend doing USL two, which is the fourth tier of American soccer, and I'm, I'm doing a women's uh, WSL match this this weekend. So again, that's a much more controlled environment. There's security there, but when I'm grassroots uh, on there, I feel a a calling to pay it forward because um, I'm I'm 47 years old. I've got a little gray hair. I've got a presence, and I, I'm a big believer that what you tolerate, you permit. So if I don't address it, if I don't address that behavior of those parents and I don't address the behavior of those coaches, then I'm go- setting up the next ref for, you know, yep. who could be 16, 17, 15 years old for, you know, an abusive situation, and then they never want to come back. Um, so I'm not going to get into an altercation. I'm certainly not going to have an argument. But I will definitely say, parents, enough. One ref, two assistant referees, we've got it. You've been warned. You'll be kicked out if it continues. Next time I will tell the coach and he'll send you home for the day or something like that. And generally it it stamps it out. It's rare that it goes beyond that. But I do believe you have to say that because I've been with some refs as well who completely tune it out. And it just continues and festers and festers. And then the kids you know, who were playing the game all of a sudden are more concerned about arguing every call. And that, that drives yeah. me a little bit nuts. Um, let me go through. We have, we have a couple questions here, uh, for, <laughs> for the, someone said that this is the most ambitious crossover ever. So I like to say, I like that. That's awesome. Uh, and there are a number of people, Paul, I don't know if you, if you can see the comments on your side, but just that they, they follow both of our channels and, and really enjoy it. Great stuff. Uh, so it's really cool. Okay. Thank let's you. see. All right, so we got a question here. Uh, what's an example of something that Paul says that makes a parent pause and reconsider what they say? So you say you have called out some parents. How yeah. do you address them? What do you say? So last week uh, I was at a, a girls' lacrosse game and a, and, a, and a fan shouted, by the way, it's senior night, mm-hmm. senior night. So dad yeah. is there to watch his daughter play, and dad just starts screaming onto the field at my partner. So I immediately boo 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 stop yep. the game and I turn yep. around and I and I'm now I'm addressing a bleachers full of people. Yeah. Right? So do 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 I said, who is the site supervisor? Nobody says yeah. anything. I said, who is in charge of this adult? Yeah. And then nobody said anything. I said, Sir, please watch the game respectfully or we're gonna have to ask you to leave. Then yeah. he laughed at me and said, yeah, whatever. So I said, boop, 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 boop. Like, I, I blow yeah. my whistle like 12 times. Boop, yeah, boop, yeah, boop, yeah. boop, 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 And then I eject him. He yeah. then laughs at me. But from what I had already said to him, which, you know, who's the adult watching him? Then his friend starts saying, Johnny, Johnny, come on. You got to go. You got to mm-hmm. go. So yeah. there was no site supervisor on hand, but, you know, I, I had ejected him. And, and um, so that was just one example I said, you know, calling them out on, you know, these are adults. These are 40, 50-year-old people yeah. that are showing such a lack of emotional intelligence at yeah. these sporting sporting events, you know, where it's yeah. all about the kids. They're totally making it about themselves. Yeah. But then they put it on you and they say that we're making it about us because we're calling out that behavior. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I completely appreciate that. Hey, man, I do have a question here, and, and I am somewhat curious as well. I know this is like a taboo, but at least at the, let's say, grassroots, and I'm sure AAU is a whole different level. 
it's funny how many times uh, when I post a video about how much I get paid, like it gets like 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 views in two days. And I actually try and be really transparent about it because I want to encourage no, you know, not only young people to get into roughing, because I think it's a wonderful, you know, first gig, part-time job. But then I know my son, you know, who's now progressed to pretty high levels of roughing, he's never going to have to do a mick job while he's in college. He's going to control his schedule. So, you know, for, for us, what I tell um, people about pay, it generally averages to be about, you know, anywhere from $20 an hour to $40 an hour, depending on you know, the level of game you're roughing. So if it's, you're, you're roughing, you know, eight year old kids, it might be 25 bucks for an hour's, uh, or, eight, you know, an hour and 15 minutes of work. You start moving up to, you know, U15, U16. Again, depending on, is it, you know, high level academy or if it's recreational, you might be earning, you know, 35 to 50, depending if you're on the sideline or you're the center official. And then certainly when you start moving up to the highest level of academies and, uh, the MLS next and, and, and start moving into the adult competitive leagues, not recreational, but very competitive. Then it could be, you know, a hundred, a hundred and, you know, 20. And then colleges, they start going up to, you know, you can get $300 for running a center, $200 for running a line. It just, as your experience grows and the competition grows, you know, the pay can grow. Is it similar like that in basketball as well? Yeah, I mean, there's a wide range of uh, rates depending on which level you're doing. Right. Um, you know, I, I, it goes from thirty dollars. You know, the last week I got paid thirty dollars a game, which is very, very low for for New York yeah. rec, as low as it goes. Right. Um, and then my D D two games pay up to two fifty. Um, wow. Some rec games pay up to fifty five cash. Right. Um, you know, you you can make you can make great. Extra money, and I, and I don't talk about money enough, but I'll do yeah. it in the sense of wanting to inspire officials to want to get into it, right. you know, because totally, you know, it, it's a phenomenal part-time side hustle. You know, one year yeah. I made thirty three thousand dollars off all three sports, just wow. as a youth, just as a youth ref. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. doing any bar, varsity games at the time; those are all rec games, and that was three sports. I worked um six hundred and thirty five games. I was doing. Yep doing the math, keeping track of everything. So I was just like, how much, how much can I make? And I, I thought that was a pretty good year. I haven't, I haven't um, gone further than that, you know, uh, cause I don't have yeah. as good of availability, but it just shows, yeah. you know, if you hustle, you could uh, make some great side cash for sure. Yeah. I will never forget as literally when I first became a ref and I went for the classroom training that the, the guy running the classroom was like, you see the pickup truck outside <laughs> that was paid for by just my refereeing. And again, it wasn't a fancy truck or anything of that nature. I, I always say for my family, it's our grocery money. I mean, it pays for all of the groceries and then some, um, yeah. you know, that we're eating as a family of five here and three dogs, which eat, you know, just mm-hmm. crazy, mm-hmm. stupid, expensive food because my wife is obsessed with the dog. Um, but that's what it is. All right. I, I got a question for you, man. This is one that I wanted to know. Okay. So from a soccer ref to a basketball ref, obviously basketball is a contact sport. There's no doubt about it. No doubt, right? Soccer, football, it's a contact sport. Yes. You know, if you, if you don't want contact, maybe ballet might be better, you know, for you. So I understand that. But as a soccer official, when I'm watching a, a basketball game, you know, you see a lot of contact in, in the build up to someone having possession. But once someone has possession of the ball and they're shooting the ball, again, I'm naive. Help me understand when it goes from just incidental contact to that's a foul. 
That's a great question. That's a great question. And that is everything that goes into play calling is knowing the difference between incidental versus illegal. And like you said, there's like a threshold and it's legal, 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 legal. And then it hits a line where then it crosses over into illegal contact. And that's where the talent lies as officials, um, our decision-making process, our judgment, and you have to incorporate patience into the play. The longer you can see a play, the more information yeah. you can gather and the better, um, you know, answer for the, for the play that you can have. I'm really big on letting plays start, develop, finish and decide. Um, yeah. I, 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 I teach something with, with my uh, mentees called pain tolerance and it's the ability to withstand incidental contact before it becomes a foul. So not right. blowing the, not blowing the whistle on incidental contact is a real right. skill. I can yeah. always judge um, an official's talent by how well or how good of a no caller they are in the yeah. lead position when plays are coming at the rim. You know, if you yeah. have a quick whistle, you know you're going to get yourself in trouble there. But yeah, it's definitely something as a as a, a soccer or a football official. And I see all these people like in the chat. Anytime we get anyone from Europe over here, they get very upset that we call it soccer as opposed to football. Guys, yeah, chill out. It's still the beautiful game. We love it. Just enjoy it. So, but, but I will tell you, as you mature as a, a football official, uh, a soccer official, you wind up getting a much more patient whistle uh, because, you know, sometimes people can play through it. Uh, sometimes we, we call an advantage where we actually out loud say advantage when they played through and they have a, a scoring opportunity. Um, you don't... It, it, we're, in, in our sport, at least, I'm not trying to blow my whistle all the time, especially if it's not in a, a great attacking opportunity. Um, you know, certainly, you know, in basketball, you get a foul shot if you're, you know, in the, the act of shooting. In soccer, unless you're inside that penalty area, it may be more of an advantage to just let them keep on playing on to see if they can make a shot on goal or um, get in a better attacking opportunity. So we want to be a little bit more patient. Obviously, if it's something that's violent, you know, it's serious foul play. There's, there's an injury. We have to, you know, have a, a, a caution that comes out. Yeah, we're, we're going to be loud and we're going to be very firm. And we might be a little quick on the whistle just because we don't want to have a, a fight breakout. Um, but it's definitely, um, you know, something you learn. You get a little bit more patient um, over time. Uh, I, I've got a, a, another question for you. Let me answer a quick question. Someone was just asking about the pay for USL2. Uh, the center in those games gets 110. The AR gets 70 and fourth official, which I did was 40 bucks, but I live 20 minutes away. No big deal. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's uh, see, go forward here. Um, question for you, Paul. What brings you joy when you're on the basketball court? You spend so much of your life on the court, you know, you know, doing games and also coaching others. What brings you joy? I mean, there's no one particular part of a, of any game that's going to bring me joy. Like if it's a close game, I'm like, I'm yeah. going to be more joyful. Like I'm already joyful going into the game. I'm, I'm, I, you know, we, we speak a lot about mindset and perspective yeah. and, and yeah. I'm just really, really appreciative to be alive every day. So when you, yeah. when you enter the game with that attitude, you know, it's going to be more jo joyous. Um, I love the partnering aspect of it. So yeah. the relationships and the people that you meet, um, are really amazing w with regards to officiating because you go into war with these people. So yeah. that's probably the best part of it is the the relationships and and the friendships that that I've formed. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's so true. As an official, 
So, I mean, oftentimes I, I don't know the people that I'm going to be roughing with. But uh, this Friday night for that WSL game, I have, I, I, I think I've seen one of the names before, but I have no idea who they are. But I promise you, within a minute of being there, we will be fast friends. We have a, a shared, you know, passion. Um, and, and we are a crew. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, from whatever walk of life, from whatever country they're from, from wherever they grew up or, uh, anything, you know, ethnicity, you know, their first language, it doesn't matter. Like all of a sudden we become, um, fast friends. And some yeah. of my best friends right now, some of the people I feel closest to, um, are fellow reps. I mean, I think, uh, an amazing thing that's I've I've had the joy of is my son has has ref with me ever since we started. He wanted to be a ref at ten years old. Now you have to be thirteen, but he started at ten. Now I was forty, and we became refs. And we have spent so many hours together, you know, talking about the laws of the game, watching matches together, traveling to game, refing games together. Um, and it really has brought us together, but it's also brought us closer into the entire uh, community. Uh, which has been really cool. All right, guys. So throw in some soccer questions now, and I am going to invite uh, my man Crown Refs back. See, I've got him. Almost done. Just hang on. Crown Refs invite. Bam, invited. So I have invited him to this. Jake, man, you might have to go uh, live at one point so I can invite you on. Thanks. <laughs> a phenomenal ref, too. <laughs> uh, what is the lead time on your shirts? Alfie, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, Paul, I do have an announcement, I have to say. Lead time, it's about uh, a week and a half is what the current shipping time is. So I did create actually some merch, little plug, the uh, mm -hmm. Refs Need Love 2 logo. Nice. And so I actually created a logo specifically for basketball, which Paul nice. approved. And so, uh, for Crown Refs fans, if you use the code Crown Refs all in caps, I put two, um, basketball specific, uh, shirts on my website tonight. Refs need love too. If you use the code Crown Refs, uh, you get 5% off your order. <laughs> so it's perfect for Father's Day. You know, it's unique. It's nothing like it. So definitely check it out. Get your Refs need love too for soccer and now also for basketball. So I got because I do believe basketball refs need love too. Of course, very yeah, cool. We got, we got to get <laughs> right, you, we got to get you a newer basketball. I, I know, seriously, that thing is disgusting. It's horrible. Um, all right, let's see. I've just got a couple more questions here. Um, what does Paul do when? His, oh gosh. Okay. So this this is a good question, Paul. Okay. So and this yeah. has happened to me. So I'm going to read this. I'm going to leave out the cuss word. Um, what? does Paul do when you're on a crew, let's say, with three or sometimes it's one other? I think you either work a two-person or a three-person crew. <laughs> I just read the question. Now. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you do when the other officials that you're paired up with are, let's say, crap? Okay. What do you do? There's, sure. There's a lot here. First of all, we shouldn't be judging our, our partners to the point where we're going to make that assumption. Because yeah. our our job is to rep our primary. If you work in a three-person game, you know, we split the court in the three ways. I shouldn't be looking in my other partner's area. So the fact that I should not have too much of an opinion of what they're calling. Now, I get it. We have intuition. We have a gut. We, we, we understand when maybe a partner gets a call wrong. But I think if you just focus on that pillar, not judging your partners during the game, you can go home and break down the film and then judge it then and say, oh, yeah, he, I was right. My gut was right. He did get that call wrong. But you can't worry about what your partners are doing. This gets back to the 
to the control what you can control. And that's not yeah. what your partners are calling. Um, so this is just another example of us needing more support for one another and not yeah. being so harsh and judgmental. Yeah, I, I think that's great. I, I, I will say for uh, if you are an experienced ref out there or even just a junior ref, not everyone wants feedback. I will say that too. So you can, you know, at halftime or after the game, you can say, you know, are you interested in feedback? You know, would you like feedback? I know my son was in a situation with a, um, in a, an adult ref and a, and a teenage ref and, and they were, they were father and son and they were not, they did not have a good father son relationship. <laughs> and, um, my, my son, you know, literally was, was trying to, you know, communicate with them at halftime about something was going on in the game and, and what, and the, the teenager was like, talk to the hand like didn't want to hear it. not everyone wants feedback it's you're not always going to have happy happy situations thankfully that's like one sure. percent of my scenario um i have a question here paul and i know we're right up on, on 30 minutes here um but this is a good one um so in in soccer uh or football you know we've got a yellow card so you can receive two of these at, well you can receive one and still be on the field if you get two it adds up to a red card and a red card in soccer or football is your day is done. You are dismissed. Uh, you cannot come back into the game. Is there an equivalent of that in basketball? I know I've heard of a flagrant foul, but, you know, is one flagrant and you're gone? Uh, how does someone get ejected uh, through fouls in basketball? It just depends on the level that we're, we're speaking of because there's all different rule books. In NCAA, it's an F2, flagrant yep. two, so automatic disqualification. Uh, high school flagrant technical could be an automatic. Uh, disqualification. Cool. I see somebody. Hey, I, yeah, no, let's read this here. I, I want to read this to you because I'm sure this would be awkward for you to read out, but someone just commented, I had Paul as a ref last year during COVID. It's not an act. He's really that good. <laughs> so, I wonder who that person is. Doesn't have a real username, but I uh, appreciate the comment. <laughs> I love that, man. That's so cool. All right, awesome. And then I got one more question here and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, let's see, we have either of us walked off the pitch or the court due to disrespectful coaches or parents. Have you abandoned a game, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. Last week I did. No way. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the fans started shouting onto the court. He was filming. Um, not that that's relevant, but he was filming the game, started shouting yeah. onto the court. I went over to warn him, please watch the game. Watch the game respectfully. I want you to stay. I want you to yeah. stay. So yeah. please watch the game respectfully. Yeah. Um, then I let game management know that I had warned, you know, I'm trying to be proactive. So then yep. um, at halftime, he's shouting at us during halftime. We're not even reffing the game. He's shouting at us during halftime. So I do, 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 eject yep. him. Um, then the site supervisor comes on and tries removing him from the gym, and he doesn't move. He doesn't want to go. Does refuses to leave. Um, while we're sitting at the scorer's table, the coach who's responsible for this parent starts arguing with us saying that we're the reason why this parent is, is acting like this and then starts like instigating arguing with us. So we're just sitting there five, seven minutes and me and my partner are like, all right, we're out. I'm like, yep. it was the, the, the sum of the moment hit us. This fan's not leaving. Yep. Now this coach right. who's already kind of been a problem in the first half, right. now at halftime yep. is instigating yep. the situation. I said, the game's over. Yep. We left. Yep. Site, site yep. supervisor tried to um, bring us back on the court and make yep. us finish the game, even though we couldn't get the fan to be removed. Like, there needs to be protocol in place. At some right. point, you just got to call, yep. call the cops. 
if he's not listening to you, not being compliant, there's got you got to call the police. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, I, I walk. No, please okay. go ahead. No, so you were saying we so you walk up. Yeah. The site supervisor tried to um, have us go back out on the, to the court. He actually tried to switch us and put us on court four, and then the court four officials move into this environment in this game. We said, absolutely not. You're not bringing other refs into this game. First of all, the fan is supposed to be ejected. You you didn't do that. Yep. You know, this is yep. these youth events are all about money, so it's a conflict yep. of interest if an right. organization needs to remove fans because those are their customers. I know, totally. Yeah, I've only – I have had to uh, end a match just because we dismissed the coach and there was no one else to manage the bench, so we abandoned it. Um, but it wasn't a question where I was being chased off. I probably sent home five or six spectators uh, in my time uh, just because they were being abusive and they, they would not stop. Um, so it, it, it happens. Uh, thankfully, I haven't had any situation where there's been all-out brawls where we had to abandon the match. Usually, we're able to get control and get the game back on. Um, we have uh, one more comment here, Paul. Uh, someone from Canarsie in Brooklyn said, you warned one of his coaches for chirping, but you, you were a great official. So, again, even when you're warning people, people are loving you, Paul. It's fantastic. A um, couple more comments. Will I be at regionals this year? Yes, I will be at regionals. I will not be roughing, though, because my son is playing in regionals, and I'm actually – in my like full time job, I've got a conference in Nashville, so I have to be double double doing some stuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. All right. Well, we've got um, we we've gone for thirty minutes. I, I do want to be respectful of everyone's time for when dialed in. And Paul, I know you're a busy guy too. Um, again, Paul, thank you so much for spending this time with me tonight. I, I've learned a lot. I'm I'm, I'm glad we've made uh, this connection, and I hope we can chat again. Absolutely. Thank you for reaching out. Um, best of luck to, to you, and I appreciate what you're doing for officials too, so serve the game. Outstanding. And again, guys, if you head to uh, the Crown Refs, uh, it's just crownrefs.com if you want to learn more about Paul. He has don't, don't, go to the, don't go to the website. No, no, no don't go to the website. Websites. Nah, okay, what no about your podcast? You have like 250 podcasts. I mean, should I they go to the podcast? Sure. I mean, it just depends uh, how you like to consume your content, whether you're doing audio, (laughs) video, article, but it's at Crown Refs on all the platforms. Done. At Crown Refs, that's where to go, guys. And then if you go to refsneedlove2.com, again, you know, this is uh, the logo for the soccer. Great. And it's got the the Latin on the back. It stands for, uh, again, courage, uh, knowledge, integrity, and love are the Latin words under the crest. And I've created two basketball-specific ones with a ref given uh, a T <laughs> uh, as, as the penalty as opposed to a red card. And if you use the code, all in caps, Crown Refs, um, at the checkout, you'll get 5% uh, off your order. So, again, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate everyone dialing in, guys. Paul, thank you so much. And uh, look forward to connecting with you again. Happy to provide that code for you. Best all, right. all the best, guys. <laughs> Later. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to the Crown Rest Podcast. Serve the